Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. very much yes thank you so much ladies gentlemen and everybody else i am nationally star vanity von glow and i'm host of the vanity project which some of you might know some of you might not know there aren't too many of us and it's i'm looking at your faces and there is only the faintest recognition in your eyes so some of you probably don't know i host a podcast which is also called the Vanity Project, and here for the month of August, I'll be here in Edinburgh doing live versions of the podcast with the comedians and the artists that are performing here at the Edinburgh Festival. I'm excited because I know for a fact they are going to be more entertaining than the last two Labour MPs I interviewed on my podcast. It's very nice to talk to the politicians, but you know, it's nice to talk to the drunks at the fringe. I'm thrilled to have two fabulous uh, and talented entertainers with me today. But first, I feel I should get a bit better. Now, is this XLR going to be of issue for us, do we suspect, in the recording of a live podcast? Um, you can all hear me, of course, here in the room, because I am a real person. But the listeners at home may be unclear. They may think I am an apparition. They may think I am an LSD flashback that they're experiencing right now, but only in little bit parts. Um, so uh, let's find, we have our two lovely ladies at the front. I have to give you full disclosure that I know these lovely ladies ever so slightly because they came to my other show. And what's your name? I don't know your name. We have Sandy and Sandy and Chub. Chub. Short Chub. It's a nice short name. I like a monosyllabic name, especially in the bedroom. It just out. Um, so we have uh, Sandy and Chub. You are sisters and alcoholics. Let's hear it for Sandy and Chub. We're thrilled. Um, to have them here, um, they might become unruly. We are in Scotland, I've, I'm based in London, and I know that up here in Edinburgh, you know, there's hooliganism runs rife in the alcoholic community. Um, one of our guests today is Scottish, so that's very exciting. And behind uh, Sandy and Chubb, we have individuals. Um, hello, hello to the four of you, how are you? You are very well. For the listeners at home, I will... Thank you very much, Nathan. Nathan is producing us today. Many thanks. This one feels much more secure. It is much tighter. 
We have a tight XLR, which is very important. <laughs> it's the first time it's happened. Um, so we have our four people here behind. Hello, madam. What's your name in the middle? Katie, how lovely. Are you local to Edinburgh, Katie? How lovely. You must see a great many things at the fringe, mustn't you? Yes. And you must have paper cuts from all the flyers that people are trying to thrust into your hand, unwilling. So I felt like I, you know, I was giving out flyers, not very successfully, apparently, um, up on the Royal Mile. And um, no, every time I see a cute boy, I want to give them a flyer. But of course, the boys of like the cute age category, they're fucking flyering too. Do you know what I mean? So they want to swap one. And I'm like, yeah, now I'm just wasting paper and destroying the planet. You know what it's like, Katie. It's not easy. Well, okay. It's nice that we can get a little bit better acquainted. I would invite you all to move further forward. But this entire row at the front is actually reserved for some VIPs. Okay, so we're not going to invite you to do that. We are going to invite my two guests on. So today I have two fabulous guests who are both entertainers. We have uh, Bruce, who is a comedian. He's based in Scotland. I think that some of you know the fabulous Bruce Devlin. We also have Conrad Koch, who has come all the way from South Africa. He's bringing a political satire here to the fringe and is a ventriloquist. I'm excited to ask them both a great many questions about life, the universe and everything. So let's welcome to the stage Bruce Devlin and Conrad Koch. Come on down. Oh, come and make yourselves comfortable. If this were the Alan Carr Chatty Man Show, I would pour you a cocktail. But it fucking ain't, Bruce. It's just me, and I've got a cup of water. I've got my purse on stage for some reasons I can't quite confirm why. And uh, hello, how are you both? Great, thanks for having us. Yeah. How are you, Bruce? You look like you're on the precipice of something. You've got the shitty mic. Did we not anticipate that might happen if we just swapped Did, it? Oh, no. Oh, there we go. No, I'm there fine. I'm go. fine. Yes, thank there you. you. How go. are you? Well, I'm very well. As you can see, I'm starving. So am I. Yeah, yeah. It's hard for me, Conrad. Bruce and I know each other faintly. Not well, not intimately, not sexually, not yet. Um, not at all. Not at all, actually. We've only met once. <laughs> and that's how that's staying. But once was enough. But I am hungry. I'm always hungry. That's how I slither into these oil slick dresses. Lovely, though. It's nice. It's a good look. Yes, I'm pleased. I'm pleased I have your the approval. The last time Bruce. I saw you as VVG yes. was on GB News. Oh, yes. And I think you were wearing a pantsuit. It's possible, yes. I was okay. probably on the news discussing the important political questions of the day in a sequin jumpsuit. That is the sort of thing ah, I do. Yeah, yeah nice. that sounds about right. Um, I'm, now, we're, I'm happy to talk politics. I'm happy to talk life. I'm going to ask you questions about lots of different things that you're involved with. But, Conrad, you've come from quite a far away. Bruce is, Bruce is local around the, Scot the Scottish comedy circuit, but you've come all the way from South Africa to be with us at the Fringe. From, from, thanks, Bruce. Uh, from Cape Town, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It was my first time at the Fringe, and... Uh, Oh, very excited. It's taking a while to get you via all sorts of overseas, yeah, yeah. Uh, Commonwealth festivals in you know, Australia and Canada and so on. Yeah. And you're in a particularly unique niche because you are a ventriloquist performer. Yeah, yeah. It's a weird one. I'm a, uh, my show starts with I'm a, I'm a white South African and I'm a ventriloquist, so you already have two reasons to think I'm a twat. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah, it's, uh, my puppet uh, is uh, well known in South Africa for interviewing politicians on TV, sort of his own kind of... Uh, Daily Show, it's top show on our yes. news channel. Yeah, so he, he, he talks about race and racism and uh, politics and so on. Yeah. So for you, 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 you're performing as two people. You're performing as yourself. 
You're also yeah, yeah, it's this uh, sort of uh, this. Uh, I sort of it's self-reflexive. I studied uh, social anthropology, which is uh, kind of a douchebag thing to tell people that I did, and uh, it informs why I do what I do. So in anthropology, uh, you know, when you go and study this community, uh, then you you learn about an idea called self-reflexivity because white people used to go, oh, these are the Zulus, and this, and then we realized that was a bit racist, and yeah. uh, you know, these are the Kaza people, these are they. And uh, so what evangelicalism does, it allows me to kind of self-reflect on my own political and social position as a white South African. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a lot of politicians who were in the struggle against it, jailed, you know, in the 80s and so on. So I've got a, the concept of being a white South African sort of very much part of my, my sort of the ventriloquism in a sense. And so tell us about your, 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 your puppet, your character. Uh, yeah, Chester Missing um, is a, uh, yeah, he's a political analyst, so in a sense, on stage, I play kind of the, the two people I'm talking to is like a, a sort of very left version, very progressive version of myself, and then I play a more centrist version of myself, and he kind of debunks, in this show, it's about racism, uh, he debunks the idea of like that we're the nice white people, that we, you know, because most of the people at this festival, not the right wing kind of, uh, sending people to Rwanda, you know, those guys, they're, they're a little bit more... I think that's just one person. Uh, I, th- <laughs> I think her name's Pretty Patel. <laughs> yeah, Pretty. And I don't think it's she is pretty. white. Yeah, it's, it's just Pretty. The last yeah, time funny. I looked, she kind of wasn't. She's not doing a show here, is she? I think she <laughs> That'd is. That'd be funny. <laughs> it's called Get Out. Um, it's sold out. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. So, exactly. So you get to illuminate some of the humour within the political divide by playing both ends of the spectrum. It, well, in the, I play a centrist. I, I'm, more, I'm more focused on, yes, I, he, the, the, my puppet nails the whole system. So, in other words, the, as you just said. Uh, but I'm more, I'm more interested in, in liberal racism, which is the racism where we think we're the nice white people and thereby uh, ignore um, the inequality that's going on around us. So we don't deal with the larger sort of, you know, the fact that Africans, South Af- average South African lives on two pounds a day or less. Um, you know, the amount that we got from white supremacy and colonialism. So it, it's a little bit more like I'm playing like a centrist, like a Keir Starmer, and mm. then a oh. more a more uh, uh, left, a way more left version of that. I don't know a political version than you. It wouldn't be Jeremy Liz Truss. No, no, Liz Truss is like, the, the concept of the show is that we love those guys, us, us liberals love those, love Donald Trump because next to Donald Trump, none of us, you know, compared to Liz Truss, none of us is racist. So, that it, it, so we never have to deal with our own shit. And so I live with, a, you know, I live in Cape Town. There's a lot of white people who think they're the nice white people because they didn't create apartheid, they didn't support it, but they still benefit from its privilege and its racism and don't deal with how uh, our own racism is, is actually on the table. There's, there's, you know, I live in a world where there's, we're the nice ones, we didn't create apartheid. And you're like, yeah, but you did benefit from it, so let's pay some of that back. Now, I must ask you, Bruce, because uh-huh. you're also doing shows I'm here not a racist. I would <laughs> just like to... <laughs> not a, it's not me. <laughs> I was going to ask you, yeah, uh, tell me about your dark side. But uh, <laughs> So you're, you're, you have your own podcast. I do. Uh, the Be Honest podcast with yes. comedian Jojo Sutherland. Yeah. Will you be touching on political themes in your live version of that here at The Fringe? To be perfectly honest, I'm thinking not. No. Jojo is a heavy drinker. That's true. And... <laughs> Sometimes it's enough just to get 
a normal conversation out of her. Mm. Um, no, we won't be touching upon... I mean, we are honest. If people want to talk about politics, that's absolutely fine. Um, I don't think anyone needs to hear what I think about politics. I think the reason we vote in a booth is because it's private. Well, I actually don't vote in a booth. I do a postal because my area has not been regentrified. Um, yes. It's a bit too real and they don't like the dog in the polling station. So they can, quite frankly, go and... <laughs> It's um, a different booth that you're thinking of, and no, it's a no, different no, no, no. hole I'd, you're punching. That's not my kind of thing. No, no. I'm, I'm more a binge drinker and get home by nine. Oh my goodness. So I'm not interested in being anything in a booth um, at all. But if people want to be political, but I think we're so political now. I think that, I mean, obviously, if you're doing a show about politics, that's probably quite necessary. Otherwise, you'd be done by trades descriptions. But I think, in general... I'll be steering clear of politics because politics in Scotland is so fucking boring. Well, I mean, indeed, I would agree with that. Yes. <laughs> but that's because we have a, a sort of monolithic one-party state, don't we? It's, well, it's really interesting because mentioning Liz Truss, she was doing... So for people that don't know, Liz Truss is a woman. <laughs> and um, she's becoming the... She, I think she's tipped to be the next prime minister. Yes, and of course she, she said that the best way to deal with our leader, our first minister, was to, to ignore, ignore her. her. So all Nicola supporters now believe that she means ignore Scotland, like pretend it's not happening. <laughs> and I think what they mean is ignore, Le ignore Nicola on the one issue of independence, because obviously the Tories feel it's a, you know, it's a settled question and all that kind of stuff. But it's interesting you had the courage to say one party state, because I know a lot of people, including Muriel Gray, She's not an SNP person, and she really thinks it's very brave for anyone to speak out against the SNP um, because people just go wild. Well, you know I live in London. They can't get me there. You'd be surprised because a lot of them are down there claiming huge amounts in well, expenses. Look, there's nothing wrong, I think, with making an observation about the health of the body politic, and that's one of the things, like, I'm always very careful. I don't come down on a particular side a mm. lot. I'm not a person that has conversations. I'm a person that has a conversation about how we're having conversations. Yes. I think it's something that artists yeah. do quite a lot, which is we're very aware yeah. of how we're conducting our discourse, how we're interacting. And, and so to me, I, it, I find it uncomfortable if you're not allowed to criticise or say things. But, this but is that's not me espousing an opinion on Scottish no, independence. No, 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 I agree with you, but it just for so many people, if you have any opinion that is negative, that's seen as a huge, huge problem. Mm. So, is this something so? Uh, in I'm amazed. I'm loving listening to this. It's great. I, you know, I've, I've interviewed politicians in in Zimbabwe. So for me, hearing you, we're one party state, and like, <laughs> not compared to Zimbabwe. <laughs> but um, so it's amazing the idea that it's sort of hard to talk about. I'd imagine that the politics is not particularly uh, wild. So what you know, your stuff going on right now with the you know the the war between. Is it Rishi Sunak or is it Liz Truss? And then uh, Boris leaving so dramatically and, and, the, and this whole like, uh, older white guys getting to choose the next prime minister of the UK. That's pretty entertaining. It's pretty entertaining stuff. And I enjoy the fact that it, it's sort of a weird dynamic as a lot of the politicians I'm mocking, uh, you know, they're black and they've gone through a lot. So I've got it like there's a lot of politics. The dynamics of mocking them is complex. Like you know, if they mock their sexuality and so on, it can be a bit sort of bigoted. So uh, it's fun to just be nailing white people. <laughs> How do you get politicians to sit down and participate in your, in your show, essentially? My puppet is uh, really famous, and so he's interviewed all the most senior ones. And uh -huh. so once you've, if you, once you've interviewed our version 
of um, Michael Gove or whatever, right. then no one else is going to say no. Do so you have a version of Michael no, Gove? No, we do sort of. We have Every one person. Lucky one. you. We don't, we don't have, have right-wing politicians. We've got sort of right-wing black... Po- it's very complex. They're sort of, they want to nationalize the land and they're really homophobic. So it's a sort of complex... It's like, it's, I don't know how to explain it. It's, 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 they're sort of like if, if, if a mix between Robert Mugabe and, uh, uh, and Jeremy Corbyn and a little bit of Liz Truss in one person. Wow. What's in it for the politicians? When so obviously, I would think that the best comedy that involves a politician probably at some point exposes a truth about the politician or is illuminating in some way. That would be uncomfortable for politicians. So what's in it for them when they participate? Because politicians are trapped by their own identities. So that they've got to put forward... And I mean, your politicians are so slick in how they present themselves. Our politicians are a little bit more down to earth. So I think I get away with stuff there that I wouldn't get away with here. They probably wouldn't agree to be interviewed by... You know, you can imagine... (laughs) You know, Boris, will you let my puppet interview? It would be difficult to be funnier. But the the the, the problem is uh, for them is that they 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 can't like joke and be gregarious in their normal political roles. So having a place that is socially agreed, like this puppet's like someone everyone knows, so there's a bit of kudos by being to be interviewed by him. It allows them to be a version of themselves and be uh, quite fun-loving. The struggle against apartheid included a lot of humour, and a lot of these dudes were in the struggle against apartheid, or women were in the struggle against apartheid. So for them to come out as a little bit more of a playful kind of person uh, instead of just being a sort of serious I'm a politician now uh, is, is pretty fun for them. But uh, watching, your, uh, watching your parliament there in uh, Whitehall, <laughs> they're already doing that. That stuff's hilarious. <laughs> Hasta la vista, baby. <laughs> Don't think it's funny to the British electorate, <laughs> but I'm glad. Oh, but it's hilarious. We, we, you know, the people who, got co- who the British colonised love watching the British having a difficult time. <laughs> I just think the quality of politician is so low nowadays. Yeah. Well, yes, I think so. I don't think we have the great statesmen that we used to have. Yeah. You know, I, I don't know who the great statesmen were, but they just... Do you know what I think? I don't think any of them should have Twitter accounts. Mm. And it's so funny because all they do is scream resigned. Like, if one breaks wind, they want them to resign, mm. but then someone else from their party is broken wind three times, shat themselves, which is even worse than just the initial Trump. And it was someone... There's a guy <laughs> who was an independent for the Scottish Parliament here, Bonnie Prince Bob, do you know him? Uh, very nice guy. And what he said was that he is so tired with the fact that your sordid allegations or quagmire is worse than our sordid allegations (laughs) and quagmire. So there's so much political back and forth. What about today? Ping pong. And you just think, shut up, because no matter what rosette you are, it's going to come to light that someone else has fiddled their expenses or groped someone at a party or all this kind of stuff. So I'm just... I think everyone's really tired of that. No one seems to be getting on with the job, and I think they should have their Twitter accounts taken away from them. Yeah, I agree. Well, I, I mean, I was having this debate with someone the other day. I don't see the need for the office of the Prime Minister to have TikTok. No. <laughs> you know, Does just, Boris Johnson have TikTok? Yeah. D- That's fantastic. <laughs> and it, but it's absurd, because, I mean, that, what, are we, what is the purpose of trying to communicate policy yeah. in a 15-second video? It's absurd to me. It's bizarre. Can I do something very name-droppy just now? Oh, wow. Can I drop names? Like, you've probably never experienced this level of name-dropping before. <laughs> Three weeks ago, I was at a party with Rishi Sunak, Michael Gove, Nadim Zahawi, and Kemi Badenoch. My and it God. was the day the Prime Minister resigned. I was at the Spectator's summer party in the garden of the Spectator newspaper. And so I was like, this is a very exciting opportunity for me 
to um, find out a bit more about these people. And every time I tried to go near one of them, they thought I was Penny Morden and they fucking ran away. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, is it? I made a beeline <laughs> through. I thought Michael uh, Gove would be up for having a laugh. <laughs> because, you know, he seems like he might be up for having a laugh. No, he was, he was sort of being surrounded by people. I couldn't get, I couldn't penetrate. Yeah. yeah. But it's something interesting. So, Bruce, uh, Bruce, you've got such a s sort of strong presence on stage and in your comedy, and comedians have to have that. And I was thinking, as you were speaking, Conrad, that you have a dual persona that you're playing on stage. And I wonder what the role of a persona is when it comes to interviewing people. Because on your podcast with Jojo, you're interviewing different guests. You want to get something out of them that they might not give someone else. That's what I try and do in my podcast as well. Mm -hmm. Like, how valuable is that sort of second identity or is it for you Bruce is it just the same as you always are um, I, I don't know I've never thought about it I think the main key is to make them feel comfortable mm -hmm. I mean we've done so many I mean we only started the Be Honest podcast in January yeah. and we've interviewed a huge amount of people who have all said oh right once I got into it because people come it's so funny particularly if you're interviewing comedians they go and you go, you go for an interview, they go, what do you want me to do? And it's like, well, I want you to fucking talk. Mm. That's all you need to do is talk. And, you know, you can be honest or as dishonest as you like. So I think it's just kind of putting their guard down, you know, saying it's okay, mm. you'll have a laugh, relax. Is that something that happens as soon as the puppet appears? Well, it's just a weird social contract that once you've got a ball of latex interviewing you, all bets are off, you know? So yeah. there's a kind of automatic silliness that, like... How yeah. old is your puppet? Because mine's 56 and uh, lives in South <laughs> Queensbury. <laughs> <laughs> no, how old is your puppet? Uh, he's probably uh, conceptually 38. Okay. And he just sits that age because he's basically a big oven glove. And he is, uh, yeah, he's just, I, I just got weird people in a weird relationship with him because he doesn't exist and he does exist. So, like, he's sort of, he's just this guy who's like, to me, what's his life? He doesn't have a life. Like, who are you dating? I don't, he lives in a suitcase and tweets people. <laughs> well, I suppose he doesn't have a life unless you're fist. Uh, and as I fist him, it's his nightly job. I yeah. keep my friend in a suitcase at night, I fist him for strangers. <laughs> so, you're and fisting for cash? I'm fisting for cash. Good for you. And I'm at the festival, so now I'm fisting for free. <laughs> Well, they're almost double-fisting with the tins of gin. Yeah, so there you go. Well done, ladies. I knew, I knew at some point we would have to address the fact that you spend much of your time with your hand up someone's arse. Yeah. It's a fact. Uh, that it's was for you, Bruce. Sorry? <laughs> that was directed to you, Bruce. Oh, I have a dog. She's in a pram. Both hands are free. My goodness. She's alive. <laughs> she doesn't need me to exist. Well, she does need me to exist, but she doesn't need any digital probing in which to live her life. Very good. Do you think that um, when you're on stage, is that when you're both happiest? No. No. <laughs> How about you? Are you mad? No, no. I really like performing. I really enjoy it. This is, this is a wild ride because I'm do doing a show that was developed in front of black South Africans for uh, white people every night. So it's like, whoa, okay, you don't know about that. Let me rewrite that. Uh, so it's a really, I enjoy the sort of challenge of it. So I'll enjoy it when it's a bit re more relaxed. And then I, just the, the fun of engaging, you know, a show like this, I, I really, I, I, wouldn't, I don't know if I'm the happiest. Uh, but I, I probably need some sleep too now. Mm. Yeah. No, I'm not happy. I mean, I enjoy it. I'm, but I wouldn't say, and it's that thing when people go, oh, but you're a comedian, tears of a clown and all that kind yeah. of stuff. And it's like, no, actually, it's the only thing I've never been sacked from. So I need money. And <laughs> as yet, no one's stopped booking me. So I'm just going to keep on. Well, because the reason I ask is that I think that it seems to me that there's a sort of um, 
you know, you know, if you have a dog and you want the dog to play with you, you there's a posture that you can adopt. You can go like, and the dog knows it's time to mm. play, right? You could do that with a kid as well. And I feel like comedy and the the delivery of humor is sends that signal in the same way to people. So for me, I wonder. Mm. I'm, I'm, I wouldn't say that I'm happiest when I'm on stage, but. Um, I'm at my best on stage when I'm doing it with a sense of play and I'm try and when the audience wants to play along. It. Because mm. with drag, I think probably similar to with puppetry, there people will play along with a persona and the full knowledge this is ridiculous. You've got them to play. They're playing your game now. Absolutely. It's quite good fun. I think you said that perfectly. That is exactly it's a sort of off exactly like play like with a child or the dog. I, there's like writing on play uh, stuff that the, the the only thing that happens with me is because it's so political, if I freak them out, then I've got to like remind this is about having fun and I've got to do, go do some safe stuff again. Because I just told them, you're benefited from colonialism and you're racist. Ah oh, fuck that ruined the room. And I'd go back to do some dick jokes and they're happy again. We do love a dick joke. Oh, I love dick I jokes. Don't mind the way you looked at me there. That was very <laughs> fucking predatory, like, right? Dick jokes. <laughs> His name's Bruce. No. No, I, I think my thing with an audience is because I am so rude to people that they can't believe it. And then if I'm not rude to them, they feel like we're not friends. So I've mm. actually had, don't get me wrong, I've had many complaints when actually going on stage, but I've had equal amount like in mundane cabaret in candle rigs. Uh, you know, women and men, he hasn't been rude to us. Uh, we want our money back yeah. um, and yeah. all that kind of stuff. And you're just like, what's wrong with you people? Yeah, the people, uh, yeah the, but there's the fun of the punishment, right? Mm. We all know about it's that. The only, it's the only environment in their whole life where it's socially normal to be a dickhead. And I think that they, you know, that's, get your job to be a dickhead. Don't take that away from me. I find that all the time. Be harder. People are come that in. what's on your passport? That's professional what's on dickhead. Professional dickhead. Well, my surname's Cox. Sir. <laughs> Courtney loves Cox. <laughs> Is your surname Cox? Uh, Koch. K-O-C-H. Koch. Koch. Like, a, like a German dickhead. So it's Koch with a bit of phlegm. It's yeah, easy, got, yeah, easy yeah, for exactly. a Scottish person. To yeah. Do, you, do you feel that your accent has diluted with you being in London for as long as you have? Um, no, I never had... Uh, uh, particularly Scottish accent, um, I would put one on around my Glaswegian friends in sympathy. And um, <laughs> yeah, but it's, I, it, so I just don't have the need. If I was with some Glaswegians right now, then I'd Why start, would you be? <laughs> start talking like that. But Would you? Yeah, a little bit. I think, so I always think about Adele, the singer Adele, oh. who, um, who I met doing a show for the BBC a few years ago. And it struck me that in person, she's actually very well-spoken. But when you picture Adele, you think of her like that, don't you? And, um, but that's not how she talks. She only slides into that register when she's telling the punchline of a joke. Mm. So she'll tell the story like that. And then she'll go, ah, when it comes to the time to laugh. And I find that I do that with my Glaswegian friends. I'll talk normally until the punchline comes and then I do that. But that's what Lulu does and everyone hates Lulu. Yeah, you have to be really careful. You put it on and it feels insincere to people, which it is. Well, my mum, who's 82 and a keen popular culture enthusiast, had <laughs> phoned me over the Platinum Jubilee and said, do you think that Lulu's on the drugs? And I said, why do you think that? She went, she won't shut up. And she sounds as though she's just been found in the baddest market. And it's like, you know, if you think about the hassle that Sheena Easton got, it's like, Sheena, take it out on fucking Lulu. Now, you are no stranger to Scottish divas. Oh, There's, I know what's coming. Yeah, you do know what's coming. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> this is so delicious, it's got to be fattening. So Continue. Enough, <laughs> enough about Lulu, enough about Sheena Easton. You've written for and worked 
quite extensively with Michelle McManus. I have. I don't know if anyone remembers Michelle. She won Pop Idol. I think it was well over 20 years ago now. She doesn't like to talk about it. So I've worked with her in a professional sense. I've tried to therapize her. I've tried to humanize her. Um, I've tried to get her out of my house. I've done a lot with her. <laughs> you wrote one of her shows, or was it both of her shows? When she It was three of them. It was three. a trilogy. So she was doing fringe shows a few years back. I, I didn't come, but I remember no. our producer, Nathan, who was an avid fan. Oh, you really? went along, didn't you? You loved Did you Michelle. Go? To let you understand, she had a bit of a career hiatus. <laughs> That's being polite. <laughs> and um, so everything came to a grinding halt. And uh, she was like, oh, I don't know what to do. We were at some HIV benefit, pissed out of our minds in the Newtown Bar. Uh, they'd just been confirmed as a fringe venue. And the owner, Jimmy Quinn, I don't know if you know Jimmy Quinn. No. Quite a large man. Uh, there's a theme here, everyone's fat. And um, he said, would you like to do a show? So I'd say, well, why don't we call it Biscuits in Bed and the Crumbs That I've Slept With? Because it's basically, it's her career trajectory over three shows about how it nearly but never happened. So she was kind of reinvented as a comedy cabaret chanteuse. Yeah. And how is that to like try and reorganize somebody's public image in a way? Because I think those were quite well received, were they not? Critically acclaimed. Yeah. Um, <laughs> thank you. Um, no, we, they, they were. They were incredibly well received. I mean, the first run was only 10 days, but it sold out. Hadn't sold out in the beginning, but on word of mouth. Um, and then we knew we'd edit it down. She thinks that the character in the show isn't her at all. It's really her because she's fucking <laughs> crazy. Um, so, no, she's... Do you know the thing about... I don't know if you know her or all that kind of stuff. She's not everyone's cup of tea, but she takes direction very well and she learns her script and she does very well with it. So, yeah, no, fine. I mean, I'm one of these people, if you're going to give me a hard time, I just won't have anything to do with you. Um, so, and I did say that to her. I said, I'm not being a dick, but you need me more than I need you. So just shut up and listen and get on with it. Oh my goodness, Bruce, you yeah. should get a second line of work in the dominatrix industry. Oh, no, I'm or too busy with the dog in her pram. Yeah. Or a ventriloquist. <laughs> you what? <laughs> King of talk. I, I can't even explain to you about Michelle McManus, Conrad. I have no idea. She's a I'm person. Google her later. Yeah. Uh, but this isn't your first Fringe, obviously. You've been God, no. rattling around no. for many a moon. Yeah. So how is the Fringe for you? This is actually the first time that I'm coming to do anything. As I've said, I have the wine tastings earlier mm. in the afternoon, and I'm going to be interviewing so many comics from the Fringe, so I'm probably going to have this conversation with a lot of people, but what should people know? What should I know? What should Conrad know that are coming here for the first time? Um, I don't think you should know anything. I think it's very much on a suck-it-and-see basis and see how you get on. Mm. Um, avoid people with huge mugs of Starbucks and lanyards because they're pricks. Um, don't buy into passes for private bars because they're full of pricks. Um, expect it to rain, so maybe a head square. A head? A head square. A head square? Yeah, a head square. It's a head square. You don't know what a head square no, is? And you're a woman square. from Scotland, bitch, please. What is a head square? A head square is like a Hermes scarf that you would tie around your head to protect your hair. Oh, yeah. I just take my hair off. Okay, that's up to you. But I thought if you were going between places dressed, but that's fine if you want to run through the streets in full dress but no hair. Like Kris Jenner. Just yes. The, oh my God, I love her. Yeah, she's hardworking in her strange She's very hard. Listen, for someone to have parlayed a billion fortune out of her daughter being a bit fruity with a horizontal refreshment, I'm, I'm all for it. So I'm, I'm pro Chris. I'd like her to do something with Michelle. 
I don't know what that could be. With her what? With Michelle. With Michelle. With Michelle. Oh my goodness, yeah. yeah. Well, she mm. could really renovate Michelle's well, she reputation. Michelle. Yeah. Now, I wonder, Conrad, I do notice that you have next to you a large bag, which I would... Oh. Sky. That's so weird. Take I can only well, imagine that this is where let's get your close day. friend, Chester, meeting uh, missing is residing. So uh, we'd all like to meet Chester, wouldn't we? Yeah. Yes, of course. Well, let's be having him. Let's get the first time. This is going to stay in its hole. Oh. Here we are. Here he oh is. God. Hello. Hello. Oh, hello. Is that Bruce? Hello. Oh, it's Vanity. Hi, Vanity. I hello. know. Hello. I look I look like a tiny Harry Hill. Hello. Frickin' great yes, to be here. Uh, nice to be uh, in front of eight people. Nice to frickin' in a church hall or whatever this is. Nice to meet you, Vanity. What fascinating proportions you have, Chester. I know. My head is way bigger than the rest of me. I'm like a little Boris Johnson. I know. Perhaps a head full of interesting thoughts. I, it I is. Would and a thistle. And a suitcase, don't mock me. And did you manage to get through customs all right? I did. In, th- in spite of the fact that technically it's human trafficking, I did. Oh. I did lie in there and I think, and they ask, is there anything dangerous in my, the suitcase? Stick my head out and I go, yes, Chucky's here. And they shit themselves. It's great. But I think I see a glint of uh, attraction in Bruce's eye. To I can feel it too, Chester. Bruce. Fear. 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm scared of small things, but That's, I'm, I'm coping. With a cock inside of it. <laughs> well, you've appealed to the producer, so that's good. I'm <laughs> sure they'll book go. you back. Done. Jokes of the days. I love the... Is he Scottish? Yes, no wonder he's wearing shorts. Great. Oh, this is very hot for Scottish people. I can imagine. So that's a bit of your casual and liberal racism there. So yeah, that is, good. yeah. You got the whole feel, didn't you? Is there a difference between casual and liberal racism? Or uh, they... Yeah, well, casual racism's where you're wearing shorts while you're the... <laughs> no, right. Racist casual legs. Racism, liberal racism, I don't know. I just, that's way too complex for that race. I, you know, the, the, my show right now is about... Because nobody thinks thinks they're racist, do they? Nobody thinks they're, no, nobody. That's why Donald, they will have Donald Trump because next to Donald Trump, none of us is fucking racist, right? Donald Trump did the racism what the movie Snakes in the Plane did for all other movies, you know. Once you've seen Snakes, every other movie shut. So. There is a fascinating term, phrase, that believe it or not was coined by George W. Bush, but it's quite an interesting term nonetheless, um, which was the soft bigotry of low expectations. Which is a form of racism. Yeah, that, in that's, and of I love that. I've got a guy, a friend of Ting, who loves that one, which is you expect black people to be less confident. It's the, that's a very South African thing. No, just leave them. They had a hard time during apartheid. They'll be fine. No, it's bullshit. Indeed, Bruce. You were. Yes. <laughs> yes. I, yes. I look, I look uh, gag Bruce. that up, Bruce. <laughs> Come with an angle. <laughs> <laughs> A pressing and building anxiety, building in Bruce. I can see the electricity sparkling off you. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder, it might be a... It's a, casual a, racism. might be a rude question, but I feel like if anyone can ask a rude question, it should be me, which is that, have you ever participated as two friends? We have Chester and Conrad. Ever participated in a threesome together? Uh, no, no, I, I, I've tried. But as I'm literally made out of latex, it's like having a threesome with a... I, I mean, if there's a sex to it. And my last relationship was with Barbie, which is wild, because there's nothing there. It's just plastic. So she made me take off her leg and... My goodness. But being made of latex... 
I know, in a sex. Is, you know, you don't have to worry about unwanted pregnancy. No, nothing. I can't get... I, I literally have nothing there. I've got to use this foot. <laughs> ah, so does Heather Bruce, Mills. what do you think? Thank you. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but that sounds hilarious. Oh, she's a vegan. Oh, okay. Well, then she'll she's enjoy She's a vegan monopod. This is vegan, I guess. <laughs> Also very floppy. Now, I know that you're doing your show here in Edinburgh. Tell us when people can come and see you, Conrad. Thank you. Every Thanks day, I think. When is it? 9.45 every night at Pleasance Courtyard in a bunker. It's basically an archaeology dig downstairs there for 12 people. It's great. So it's 9.45 every night. It's called White Noise. Uh, it's about uh, self-reflection and racism. It's lots of fun. It's as crazy as it sounds. And Bruce, you're going to be doing your live podcast with Jojo Sutherland. It's called Be Honest. Be Honest, and that's every day except the 15th here until... When, when do we finish? I finish on the 20th because I'm going down to London uh, to work on Queen of the Universe. But you can come and see me at the Stands Best of Scottish all next week. Very good. So mm. thank you to you, uh, all three of you for joining thank us here for, for the Vanity us. Project today. We're thrilled to have you as our first guest. It's the first time we've done this live here at the Fringe. So please, let's have a big hand for both my guests, Conrad and Bruce. You can listen to this if you want to listen to it back. Uh, you can find The Vanity Project everywhere that you find podcasts. So we're on Apple, we're on Spotify. Listen to some of our old episodes. We interviewed Lorraine Kelly and ah. MP Don Butler and uh, activist Peter Tatchell and lots of other people. So it would be great if you want to follow that and share it with your friends. Thank you so much for coming today. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.